Welcome everybody to another episode of the JNR Basketball Podcast. My name is John, not with Ronnie tonight. Ronnie is enjoying some family time, some vacation. So you're just getting me tonight. The good news is it'll go a little bit quicker. We won't be bouncing ideas off of each other. So let's jump right into it. We're going to review our picks from the weekend. Now that the weekend games have wrapped up, we'll take a look and see how our lock of the week did, our underdog of the week did. We'll review our game of the week pick as well. And then we're going to do a fantasy update. Who was the best player this weekend? Who was the breakout player this weekend? Uh, Who was better at picking these guys, me or Ronnie? We're also going to start with news and notes. So let's take a look at that right now. Kyrie Irving of the Brooklyn Nets makes his return. He missed eight games as part of the suspension. It was originally set at five games. No one was really sure if that was all it was going to be, if it was going to grow. There was, I think, six things that were put in place by the team ownership to say, hey, this is what you got to do if you want to get back into the league. Took him eight games to do it. He returned tonight, November 20th, Sunday, in a game against the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, this game, John Morant did not play due to an injury. And we're going to talk about injuries coming up in just a second. There is a lot of injuries in the NBA going on right now. It is wreaking havoc on my fantasy team. Probably yours as well. I think every team uh, in our league has been bitten by the injury bug here. But he returns, and they beat the Memphis Grizzlies. Ben Simmons also had his best game of the season. Now, if you remember on the last episode, Ronnie was saying that Ben Simmons is going to have a breakout game. He didn't pick him as his breakout player, but he kept insisting, Ben Simmons, he's he's improving, he's getting better. This was after a players-only meeting where they the subject was Ben Simmons and his his lack of performance. But since that meeting, he's had two very good games. He's actually had his best two games of the season uh, against Portland, where he put up 15 points. 13 rebounds, and tonight against the Memphis Grizzlies, he scored 22, 22 points, which is his high for the season, 37-32 fantasy points respectively, so he has definitely played much, much better. He it hardly, it, Yahoo, he's rostered in 86% of the league, so there's a chance maybe somebody gave up on him. Uh, he's available to be picked up potentially in your league. Check it out. One of the interesting things that we talked about with Kyrie being gone we saw the Nets allow less points per game. They were, I don't know if it was just better defense without him. We don't know if it was just a slower paced game, but they were holding opponents to under 100 points per game. Kyrie's first game back, Memphis Grizzlies score 115 points. So uh, interesting correlation there. Not really sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, as long as you score more points at the end of the day, you win. Uh, That's all that really matters. But it is interesting to see how quickly that points per game shifts once Kyrie's back in the lineup, uh, which he now is going forward. So rejoice, fantasy fantasy basketball players. Kyrie is back. One of the biggest stories of the weekend is being dubbed Laddergate. This is uh, involves Giannis and the Philadelphia 76ers. A very very weird story. So the Bucks travel to Philadelphia to play Philadelphia. And the Bucks lose this game, 110 to 102. Philadelphia 76ers have really recovered off of after a just disastrous start of the season. They're currently eight and seven, not a great record, but they're winning games. They're they're winning consecutive games in in, in some cases. So it's good to see them kind of rebound, specifically uh, or especially with all the injuries that they've had this season. But anyways, back to this game. Philadelphia 76ers win 110 to 102. After this game, they were doing a a special event for new season ticket holders. Now, as part of this event, 
They let you go out to center court. You can take your picture. They let you shoot a three throw. It's a cool little perk to being a season ticket holder, specifically for new season season ticket holders. So they were getting set up for that. Uh, That's why there was a lot of people still in the stadium. That's why there were people on the court trying to get the court changed over to allow this event to get started. Ultimately, so everyone that's working there can go home. Giannis decides he wants to shoot three throws because he went four for 15 for this game. Those 11 points would have been the difference. They would have won the game if he would have hit, you know, all of his three throws. This was the worst three throw performance possibly in his career, certainly of the season. So he decides he's going to start shooting some extra three throws. Not a great idea when, you know, they're trying to get the court set up for this. In fact, Montrezl Harrell of the 76ers came over and, and basically stole his ball He was trying to also do some workout stuff. So he stole the ball. He would not allow Giannis to to shoot. Well, Giannis found another ball. It's a basketball stadium. There's more than one basketball around. He starts shooting, but the crew workers are putting, they have a ladder under the rim. They're trying to take the rim down. I don't know what they're trying to do. They're, They're trying to do something, right? These guys just want to get their job done and go home. Giannis says, hey, I want to shoot three throws. Move the ladder. They're like, no. So Giannis goes and moves the ladder and then continues to shoot three throws. At this point, it kind of escalated. Another uh, group of people came over and and again took the ball from Giannis. He kind of left the court in in a huff, in a tiff, whatever adjective you want to use there. His brother comes out to kind of confront the 76ers player, specifically Montrezl Harrell, and says like, dude, what are you doing? He shows some respect, yada, yada, yada. That gets recorded and and they kind of get heated at moments. I'm not going to repeat what was said. You can look that up online. This trying to keep it a family friendly podcast, but words were exchanged and it turned into a bigger deal than it probably needed to be. Now, depending on which side you listen to, Giannis is the bad guy. Depending on what side you listen to, Harold is the bad guy. So I don't really know all of the details. We'll never really know all the details, but there is lots of video on this here. Uh, So let's see. Harold tweeted, make sure you know the complete story. I'm paraphrasing here a little bit. I asked the man, can he get off the court so I can work out? They had to change the court over and he ignored me. So, hey, that's what you get. Respect is respect. What he was referring to as respect here is Giannis was claiming that they treated him disrespectfully and that's why he was treating Harold back with disrespect. Again, I think somebody on the Buck sideline should just be like, "Hey, Giannis, you can't shoot three throws. One, this isn't this isn't our home court. This is Philadelphia. We don't we don't play here. We don't live here. Uh, and two, they're trying to get this event ready, and they can't have you just shooting three throws here. We, we got to go. We got to go back to Milwaukee. Whatever the case might be, nobody on the Bucks organization was seen during this. Not until Thanos came out onto the court and confronted it. Then there was there was at least another." Bucks personnel and, and 76ers personnel that were, were joining these guys, but what the heck is going on? You can't just go out into the court and shoot three throws just because you feel like it. So I kind of agree with Philadelphia here. Now, obviously, Milwaukee is going to stand up for their team. I get that as well. Just seems like a little bit overblown. Uh, honestly, I, I feel mostly for the crew here. They're just trying to do their job. If, if you've ever worked in, in retail or, or the food industry, that jerk that comes in five minutes before you close and spends a ton of time, that's the person that you hate the most. And that's what I feel like Giannis is doing here. These guys are underpaid. They just want to get their job done and go home. And you got this mountain of a man uh, shooting three throws and knocking over ladders. 
I can only imagine the story that they had when they went home that night. Uh, so that's the biggest story in the NBA. It, it's going to carry on for a while. These two teams don't play each other again until March, which will be in Milwaukee. Actually, the next two games are in Milwaukee. They've played two in Philadelphia and split the series. Be interesting to see what happens when they play again next. Will, will there still be some vengeance here? Still some anger? Will this be a revenge game for Giannis where he's going to hit all of his three throws? But that is been the biggest story out of this weekend for for the NBA other than injuries like I said there is a ton of injuries here I'm gonna go through them as quickly as possible but when you look at this this sheet here it's absolutely insane let's kind of start with some of the newer ones Marcus Smart has missed several games now with an angle an ankle injury he is probable for Monday Nick Claxton of the Brooklyn Nets is out he is questionable for Tuesday. It's his personal. I don't know what that involves. Uh, Lamella Ball, he returned for the Charlotte Hornets. He returned to action two games, maybe three games, chasing a ball out of bounds. They have people sitting courtside. He steps on a fan's ankle or foot, rolls his ankle. He has now missed several games uh, from this new injury. He is questionable for Wednesday as well. That just that just sucks. They have fans so close to the sidelines. You know, you see this happen from time to time, but you never want a player to get injured. So that begs the question, should there be fans sitting that close? I know that they pay a pretty penny for that ticket. NBA likes that revenue, but when you have players getting hurt because they're so close, something's got to give at some point. We'll see what happens here. For the Cavaliers, Kevin Love is out. Uh, Maxi Kleber is out for the Dallas Mavericks. The Nuggets are suffering through some illness. Aaron Gordon, Nikolai Jokic, Jamal Murray, all out for illness. On top of that, you have Jeff Green, who is also out with a knee injury. So a lot of, lot of players there are getting hurt. The Detroit Pistons, Isaiah Stewart out till early December with a toe issue. Cade Cunningham still has not returned. He has a shin issue. It's expected he'll be back late November keep going down here Chris Duarte of the Pacers is still out mid-December with his ankle injury the Clippers we knew they were going to be on this injury report Paul George with a knee issue Kennard with a calf injury Kawhi's back in the lineup uh what's the over under on number of games before he's back on the injury report three four who knows LeBron James is suffering a groin injury he has missed a couple of games he is questionable for Sunday I don't actually think he played Sunday Anthony Davis probable with a back injury. Anthony Davis, I, I got to watch him play. Game of the week that Ronnie picked was the Lakers versus the Pistons. When he is healthy, he is one of the best basketball players I've seen on the court. So dominant. And it's just, it's always a shame when you see those guys suffer through these injuries because it's, you know, what, what could have been, what might have been sort of scenarios. Uh, that's the case with Anthony Davis. Man, he's, he looks so good when he's on the court. We talked about John Morant of the Grizzly. He is out with an ankle injury, uh, but not just him. Jaron Jackson's out. Desmond Bain is still out through early December. Uh, Danny Green has been out. He'll be out through February. The Heat took a big hit on the injury report as well. Earlier in the day, because I was watching this, interested in this game, uh, Butler, Hero, and Adebayo were all expected to miss. Bam did play tonight, uh, losing cause, but Gabe Vincent, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero... Victor Oladipo, all on the injury report. And it has that our favorite out indefinitely, uh, which essentially means we don't know. We don't know how long it's going to be out. It's week to week. You hope that that gets improved at some point. 
Uh, Tyler Hero has been playing some pretty good basketball. He has a left ankle sprain. There's no timetable for his return. Yeah, well, give give us something. Three weeks. Give us give us some goal. It's it's really frustrating when you absolutely have no idea at all. The Pelicans. Zion Williams missed his third game in a row. He's probable for Monday. He probably will play on Monday. He's killing me with all of these games that he missed. And that's the risk. That's the risk. If you drafted Zion in your fantasy league, you knew he was injury prone. You knew there was a chance he was going to miss games. And he is missing games. Trey Murphy, the third, also out, missing some games for a foot injury. We take a look at the Knicks. Derek Rose is out with a toe injury. Uh, Looking at the Magic. Wendell Carter Jr., the very talented center for the Orlando Magic, he is out as well. Paolo Banchero is still out indefinitely. Again, whatever that means. You hate to see it. He was definitely making a rookie of the year run. Not, not going to happen now, especially with all these games missed. The 76ers, Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, James Harden, all out, all starters. And, you know, looking like December for, for Maxey and Harden. Tobias Harris is questionable Tuesday. I wouldn't be surprised if he misses another game. The Suns, Chris Paul, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder. He's not hurt. He's just not playing with this team. Damian Lillard is back on the injury report early December with a calf injury. You hate to see it as well. He's such a talented player when he's on the court. The Spurs, Devin Vessel still out. The Raptors are still without several players. Chris Boucher was just recently added to the illness, or he has an illness. He was added to the injury report. Mike Conley and Rudy Gay for the Utah Jazz. We have Monte Morris for the Wizards. Uh, So a lot of players are injured. A lot of good starting players are injured. And it's, it's just hard. It's hard to manage this fantasy team when it's just changing day to day. So I'm sure you're feeling frustrated as well. But let's move on. Let's talk about our picks of the week. Uh, Ronnie and I both make our lock of the week. This is the team that we think is guaranteed to win. Like I said, I I, I tend to put my money where my mouth is, and I I, I will place a bet on this because I am so confident. This week, I picked the Suns versus the Knicks. The Suns absolutely dominated the Knicks in this game uh, on Sunday. The Suns lost to the Utah Jazz, which was a fantastic game from Devin Booker, and we're going to be talking about him a little bit more when we talk about our fantasy leaders of the weekend. The Suns came back angry. Knicks traveling from New York. Suns win this game. Ronnie picked the Cavs over the Hornets. Again, this was another game that was a fairly easy win, especially with all the Hornet injuries. Gordon Hayward, who had missed several games with the Hornets, he was back in action. Good to see him back on the court. Not enough for the the Cleveland Cavaliers, who have just been winning a lot of games. We also make our underdog pick of the week. Our underdog pick of the week is where we pick a team that is that is projected to lose. And we we pick them because we think that they might win. I picked the Pelicans over the Celtics. They lost. The Pelicans did. You know, when I made this pick, I thought Zion would be playing. That clearly didn't happen. I don't know if that makes the difference when it's all said and done. It certainly can't hurt to have Zion on the court. They lose this game. The Pelicans do 117 to 109. I was really, really bummed. Uh, I, I love making these over underdog picks because it's always fun to see the underdog come back and win this game. Ronnie picked the Magic over the Pacers. And what ended up being a really, really close game, 113 to 114 was the final. It stayed close pretty much throughout. The Pacers had a, a decent lead going into the fourth quarter. 
but the the magic closed the gap and it ended up being a nail biter down right down to the end again without Paolo Banchero for the magic without uh, Wendell Carter Jr. for the magic this team if they're healthy man oh man can they play basketball uh, so looking at our, our ranks for the year for the underdog I'm two and three Ronnie's 0 for five I finally get back in the win column I got a little got a little streak going here with my my picks of the week uh, I am three and four where Ronnie is six and one. So Ronnie has been significantly better at his locks of the week. I'm just hoping to get back to 500. That's my goal. We'll see what we can do. We also made our game of the week pick. This is where Ronnie and I both commit to watching this game. And I'm just now realizing that Ronnie's on vacation. So he probably watched neither of these games. And he's very fortunate because these were pretty awful games overall i picked teams that i really didn't care to see the pacers and the houston rockets and the reason i say that is both these teams are are struggling they're rebuilding although the pacers are eight and six they're not a good basketball team they're winning games here and there but they're really just flawed in a lot of ways the rockets might be tanking after watching this game i i think the rockets are really they don't care they might be giving up on this season. This game, uh, let me pull up my notes here real quick. This game started off all Houston, and I thought that they were going to run away with it. They were up by 20. It was 25 to 10 after the first quarter. The Pacers scored 10 points in the first quarter. Absolutely insane. The Rockets ran the lead up to 30 to 10 in the second quarter. And I think they were up by 23 at one point in the second quarter. They were just running away with this game. The saddest part of all of this, watching it on TV, was just how many empty seats there were in the stadium. Especially, you know, with that camera shot where you see the first 10, 20 rows in the lower bowl behind the scorer's table. Nobody. I mean, it was so sparsely populated. As the game went on, and I'd say like third and fourth quarter went on, some of those seats filled up a little bit, but still maybe 50%. But in the second quarter, 75% of those seats were empty. Again, this game's in Houston. Houston has three wins on the year. They are not a good basketball team. Uh, KJ Martin is a beast. That that was one of the notes I took. He is extremely good at getting to the basket and just Kenyon Martin Jr., uh, that being that player. He just dominated, at least physically. When I'm looking at his line here, he you know he only had 12 points eight rebounds and one assist, but those 12 points were loud with an exclamation point. Fun to watch him play the game. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton of the Pacers left this game with an injury, less than a minute left in the game. So it wasn't really deciding factor, uh, but it is something to keep an eye on. Uh, they played earlier in the season, 122 to 114 with the Rockets victory. This was just, this was just sloppy basketball. Uh, something similar that happened in the next game. We'll talk about the, the Pistons and the Lakers, but they would shoot contested threes three or four feet outside the arc with like 15 seconds left on the shot clock. I don't understand the logic there. Hey, I can put up this ugly contested shot, or maybe I can pass it to somebody that's open and in a better position. It just, it's, they're not playing team basketball. They're playing just I don't know what the heck they're doing. It, it's it's really, really difficult to watch. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of talented players on this Rockets team. I think Jabari Smith Jr. is going to be a great player. You know, Eric Gordon is the vet. He, he was the, the highest scorer for the Rockets with 24 points. Actually, the, the game leading scorer 
uh, with 24 points. But man, oh man, just some bad shot selection, sloppy, sloppy basketball overall. Not a fun game to watch. I, I'm not going to lie. I was happy that it was over. If you're a Rockets fan, how do you feel about this team? Are they moving in the right direction? Are you happy with the direction? This re- It's clearly a rebuild. Are, do you think they're tanking? I, I mean, legitimately up by 23. Now, we've seen big leads this year get lost. The Mavericks have, have blown a lead, a uh, big 20-plus point lead against the Suns. And there have been others where the, the, that's not a, a, an insurmountable lead. We've seen that. But are the Rockets tanking? Are they intentionally just being bad to, to 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 improve their draft stock? I don't know how. I mean, I think that after watching them. I, I watch them again at a later point in the season and see if I feel the same way. Some of the players on the court, they look they're invested. They they want to win, I I feel, but geez, that product is just not good team basketball. Uh I, I would not recommend watching this game if you're thinking about it. If it's on your DVR, just let it sit there a little bit longer. The Pistons and the Lakers were the other game. This is the game that Ronnie picked despite us watching the Pistons last week. So again, Ronnie didn't watch this game because he's on vacation. So I got to watch the Pistons, the three and 14 Pistons two weeks in a row. Um, Thanks. Thanks for that, Ronnie. The Lakers win this game 128 to 121. (coughs) No LeBron James, no Cade for the Pistons. And Something that they said during the, the telecast that just blew my mind. There are players, players playing in this game who were born after LeBron James had made his debut in the NBA. So this is LeBron's 20th season. There's 19, 20-year-old players in the NBA. They were born after LeBron was playing in Cleveland. And that just blows my mind. And again, you know, this is such a... LeBron is, is such a talented player, still playing at a very, very high level. 20 seasons in, he's not only played for 20 seasons, but he's been in the playoffs. God, I don't have the number in front of me. I'm going to say 18, 17, 18 of those seasons. He, he's played a lot of extra games, and he did all the Olympic stuff as well. So this dude has played a lot of basketball, still a, a fantastic player, and just kind of on this Lakers team that is just bad. Now. AD, Anthony Davis was playing in this game, and I mentioned it earlier, he is so talented. He was clearly the best player on the court. Nobody, just do whatever he wanted on this game. He was the all, the high scorer, 38 points, 16 rebounds. And again, when he was on the court, you knew he was on the court because he was everywhere, doing everything. Uh, Russell Westbrook, still coming off the bench, 10 points, 12 assists. He looks happy, happy-ish. Maybe you never know with Russ what could set him off, but he looks like he's having fun. He's playing 30 minutes a game. I mean, he's playing more than two of the two of the five starters. He's playing more minutes. So maybe this is a good fit for him. Maybe this is a good role for him. Uh, You like to see him happy. Maybe. I don't know. I enjoy watching him play. He's a talented player. Uh, Back to the game. The Pistons got in foul trouble early. The Lakers were in the bonus like halfway through the first quarter. So you knew that was going to be a problem. And they were at the line often as a result of that. The Pistons did go on a 17-4 run in the first quarter to take the lead. And it was 37-30 with Pistons after the first quarter. The Lakers come back to quarter two. They go on a 20-5 lead. And AD, like I said, huge on the boards. I noted in the second quarter, he finished the game with 16. Lakers take the lead. 
68-64 at halftime. There were 16 lead changes in the first half. So that just shows you how back and forth this game was. 95-96, 96-95 Lakers after three. And then the Lakers just poured it on. You know, they're up eight with five to go. They're up 10 with four to go, up 12 with three to go. They just kept building and building on that lead. Now the final score, you know, 128-121 Lakers closer than it actually was the lakers were up 13 with two minutes to go so got some garbage time points for the pistons here but again not not fun basketball to watch a lot of turnovers a lot of fouls very sloppy play uh you know the pistons yeah they're they're a younger team they got some of their star players out with injuries the lakers are just not good you know, lebron obviously is out they won this game but man oh man i i they they they're struggling as well. These these pieces aren't really fitting together too well, and I at this rate, I I don't think they're a playoff team. Certainly certainly not a playoff team. If they can't get something clicking, they're gonna get themselves in too deep of a hole, and and they're gonna miss the playoffs. And I, are they gonna blow it up after that? Who knows? They have no draft capital. They've traded all of that away. I I would be worried if I was the GM for my job there. Let's switch gears to fantasy basketball. As you probably know, Ronnie and I play in a Yahoo league. What you might not know is that Ronnie is the commissioner of our league. And for some reason, he changed the default rules. He's changed the rules. I'm going to say three or four times. Ronnie, please let me do this next year. Please. <laughs> uh, you know, he's not here to defend his ridiculousness, so I'm going to just call him out on it. He's making rule changes. He's changed the rules three times during the season. I have no idea what the waiver wires rules are anymore because they've changed so much. I just know that if I have a player out, I can't pick up a player until Monday. So that kind of sucks. Uh, so not not too happy with how that's going, especially with all the injuries that I have. Hopefully your league is going better. If you have Devin Booker on your team, you were probably pretty happy with his performance on Friday. Devin Booker, here's his line. Uh, 49 points, 10 assists, 8 rebounds. Perfect from the three throw line, 15 for 15. He scored 80 fantasy points based off of ESPN scoring. Absolutely, head and shoulders, the best player this weekend. Now, from a team perspective, it was all for a losing effort. They lose to the, the Utah Jazz 133 to 134 but man oh man that that was a fantastic fantasy game for Devin Booker and I think he had another good game on Sunday let me see if I can find him I don't see him on here so maybe he didn't have a good fantasy game on Sunday Friday he was the best player and, and that score of 80 fantasy points makes him the best player of the weekend uh, on Friday like I said Devin Booker 49 points we had Anthony Davis with 38. We have Laurie Markkinen, the, the Utah Jazz. This was the player I picked as my breakout player of the weekend, and he absolutely delivered. He had 38 points. He had 62 points from for uh, ESPN scoring. Absolutely dominant. Scoring on the boards, not so much. He only had six rebounds and three assists. But man, oh man, he, he delivered. He delivered a win for this team. He, I, I think he had the go-ahead shot as well. So when you're when you're ahead of players like Darius Garland and Joel Embiid, you had a good game. When you're fourth, he was the fourth best fantasy player on Friday. Congratulations to him. 
Uh, Luka Doncic was number three on Friday with 64 fantasy points. Looking at Saturday, Saturday was a little less impressive. No, no players with 40. That's, you know, you're spoiled when you have these guys dropping 40 like every day. Uh, Trey Young was the top fantasy scorer with 59 fantasy points. He was also the top scorer with 33 points total. Joel Embiid had 32 points with 50 fantasy points. Uh, not, not again, not not of many fireworks on Saturday. You had far less games, which certainly leads to that. Sunday, taking a look at Sunday, Seth Curry and Clay Thompson. Man, oh man, when those guys are dialed in, they are good. They beat the Houston Rockets 127 to 120. Clay Thompson, 41 points. Seth Curry, 33 points. Just putting up buckets, man. The Splash, Splash Brothers are back. Uh, Seth Curry actually had the better fantasy game with his 15 assists. He scored 72 fantasy points, making him the second best fantasy player of the weekend behind Devin Booker. How did the players that Ronnie and I picked to be our fantasy top fantasy players do? Great question. I picked Jason Tatum against the Pelicans and uh, it didn't, it didn't go so well. He, he, in our league scoring, he averages 45. He only had 35 this game. I'm sorry, 33 this game. So underperformed. I picked him because I thought this would be a big game. Again, Zion didn't end up playing, which I'm going to use as my excuse because no one's here to call me out on it. But he didn't deliver. Uh, I got to start looking at the stats a little bit more. Sometimes you you, you go with your heart instead of, of looking at the data. That's absolutely what I did with Jason Tatum. He's had some monster games. I felt like this could have been another one. It was not. Ronnie picked John Morant, who had a good game. 41 is his average fantasy points. He had 38. Still did not live up to his average. When your player that you picked to be the top player of the weekend doesn't even score his average, that's not good. Uh, so if you picked Devin Booker or Seth Curry, you uh, you probably won this weekend. So congratulations to you. For our breakout player of the week, I'm going to give myself the win here over Ronnie. I picked Laurie. Laurie Mark Cannon, he averages 35 fantasy points. He had 48. He was the number four fantasy player on, based off ESPN on Friday. Uh, that's great. He's he's no, not really considered a top 25 guy, but he put up numbers as a top five guy this weekend. So congratulations to him. Ronnie picked Seth Curry, who averages 13. He had 22 fantasy points, again, based off our league scoring. Uh, the reason I'm, I'm not going to count that is because there are so many players that can get you 22 fantasy points. Um, if we were to look at him in the ESPN scoring, he's not even on the list of the top 30, whereas Laurie Markkanen is number four on Friday. So that is why I'm giving myself the win. He is going to help put you over the edge. Seth Curry is, is giving you below. Seth, Seth, not Steph, Seth Curry. Uh, he only put up 22 in our league. So he did improve, but his improvement wasn't enough to put you over the edge. And that's ultimately what we are trying to find when we, when we give you these breakout players is somebody that's going to score very well to put you over the edge. Laurie Mark Cannon did that this weekend. Seth Curry did not. Steph Curry did. Seth Curry did not. Uh, that's all we got this week. That's all I have. You know, like I said, I, I mentioned it would be a little bit of a quicker episode. Uh, and it is. And, you know, we took a look at our fantasy stuff. We look at our picks. And, um, you know, coming up next episode, we're going to be looking for our week six picks of the week. So our lock of the week, our underdog of the week. 
We're going to be looking at who we think are the best fantasy players. We're going to be doing some doing some math, doing some analysis to figure out who the breakout player of the week is going to be. So anyways, join us next week. We're going to be talking more basketball. Thanks, guys.